0: you for listening to this message from life in the sun christian fellowship we hope you'll be inspired to honor god and make disciples are you ready for the word open your bibles please to isaiah chapter 9 isaiah chapter 9 and today we begin our christmas series entitled unboxed and the title unboxed is related to the idea of opening gifts And a reminder that Jesus is the best gift that you could ever receive this Christmas. He's the center, and he's the reason for celebrating the season. Amen? Jesus is like a gift personally given to you by our Heavenly Father for your salvation. Our primary text for this series is Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 6 and 7. So let's read it together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, and I want you to take note of these names, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, whoever had a name like that, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. we're going, to, we're going to explore the four titles of Jesus in this passage. The titles of Christ reveal four aspects of his character. They reveal four aspects of his nature. And as we do, you're going to have greater insight about who Jesus is. In the Bible, the name of a person means more than just being able to identify an individual. It's more than just a name. A name in the Bible reveals the character of a person and it indicates the work of a person especially when you're talking about christ there is a message about the messiah in each of the names given here in isaiah chapter 9 christ's names reveal his personality his names reveal his purpose and his names reveal his power and the more you know him the more you will grow in gratitude The more you know him, the more you will grow in worship. And the more you know him, the deeper you will develop your walk with God. Amen. How many of us could use a deeper walk with God? Yeah, how many of us have a situation where we need God to do something? We need God to step in and do something. The people of Israel were in a similar situation. Now, we just read Isaiah chapter 9, but if you go back a chapter and you read Isaiah chapter 8, you'll find that the Israelites had a string of ungodly kings and the country had fallen away from God. Sound familiar? They had received prophetic warnings about war, destruction, darkness, and gloom. And in the midst of this bad news about destruction, darkness, and gloom, they get this prophecy about the Messiah from Isaiah. (laughs) And let's look at verse 6 one more time. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You need to know that even when life feels like destruction, darkness, and gloom, that God is on his way. God is a prayer way. Jesus said, My Father is always at work, and I too am working to this very day. Jesus is just a prayer way. In Isaiah 33, 3, God says, Call to me, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you did not know. Jesus is like an amazing counselor. It's right here in the text. <laughs> in fact, the title for our message in week one of this series is that Jesus is our Wonderful Counselor. Isaiah gave this prophecy about Jesus and said, His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. This, this prophecy describes Jesus as wonderful. And I want you to think about that word for a moment. How would you define or what would you consider wonderful? I want you to think about the most famous people you know or maybe the greatest events that have ever occurred in history. Or the achievements and the inventions that have happened throughout history? Can you think of some? What was the greatest invention? Was it the wheel? Was it the discovery of electricity? Was it the printing press? Was it the modern car? How about the airplane? Was it the World Wide Web? Or was it the iPhone? What do you consider amazing? And what do you consider wonderful? The word wonderful in Hebrew is the word pele. Pele means absolutely extraordinary, astonishing, incomprehensible, marvelous, and miraculous. Pele. This is the word that's used to describe Jesus. Jesus is filled with absolute wisdom. The Bible says it was by wisdom that God created the heavens and the earth. You think the iPhone's pretty cool? How does that compare with creating the universe? According to this prophetic word in Isaiah, the Messiah is wonderful, Pele, as God himself is wonderful. And today I have three points illustrating how Jesus is wonderful. Three points illustrating how Jesus is Pele, absolutely extraordinary, astonishing, incomprehensible, and miraculous. And so the first point is this. Christ is wonderful in his birth. Christ is wonderful in his birth. Jesus was the virgin-born son of God. He was the virgin-born son of God. He was sent from heaven by supernatural conception. Now, for many people, the idea of a virgin birth is like, not. This is impossible. Virgin birth, really? Come on, be real. That's what most people, I mean, if you heard that story today in a modern-day setting, what would be your first thought? You know, somebody's hiding, somebody's lying. Okay, we know life doesn't work that way. This skeptical view was much more common before science discovered cloning. We now know that there are, in fact, other ways... Oh, thank you, Ronnie. Appreciate that. We now know that there are, in fact, other ways to duplicate life. Now, we haven't quite figured out how to make something from nothing, but we have figured out how to take something that is already alive and to help it multiply. And it's only taken science 4,000 years to catch up with God because he did that once before. Remember when Eve was created from Adam's rib? And now that we do understand a little bit about cloning, so maybe not so impossible after all. Some people say, okay, I'll I'll give you that. Maybe it's possible. Maybe God did that, but then they try to go the other way and minimize it and say, Uh, You know, so what's the big deal? Does it really matter, you know, if Jesus was born of a virgin or not? Does it really make any difference? Well, the answer is yes. It makes a huge difference. If Jesus was not born of a virgin, then the Bible must be dismissed for being unreliable because it very clearly states that he was. Furthermore, without the miraculous intervention of God in the process, then the very nature of Jesus' deity is lost. In other words, if Jesus was born in the regular way, then he was just another man, right? But it was very clear that the reason that he was crucified is because the religious leaders understood that he was claiming to be God, and they said, blasphemy, crucify him. So is the virgin birth significant? Absolutely. It has everything to do with his divinity. It also has everything to do with his humanity. Here's something that maybe you've never thought about before. Jesus was born because the humanity of Jesus needed a starting point. The humanity of Jesus needed a starting point. And think about it for a moment. Jesus was always with the Father in eternity before anything existed. So what that means is this. There was a time when humanity was not a part of his deity. Let me say that again. Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, is eternal. And he existed forever as the Son of God. And then there came a time when the eternal Son of God added humanity to his deity. And at that point, that is the point of his conception, and I might add his miraculous conception, Jesus, the Messiah who was fully God, also became fully human. He never became less God, but he added a human nature to his divine nature. And so he became one person with two distinct natures functioning together in perfect harmony. He became the God-man. And none of that would have been possible if Mary had a baby in the normal way. So is the virgin birth important? Absolutely. Here are some other reasons why Christ is wonderful in his birth. In the virgin birth, we see God's favor, and we see God's initiative. Luke 1.30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And then in verse 31, he said, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, in this, we see God's favor, and we see his initiative. He acted gently but decisively, to save his people. Secondly, the virgin birth highlights the supernatural. On the one end of Jesus' life, we have his supernatural conception and birth. And on the other end of his life, we have his supernatural resurrection and his ascension to the right hand of God. And finally, the virgin birth shows that mankind needs redeeming that it cannot accomplish for itself. The fact that the human race could not produce its own redeemer shows that its sin and its guilt are overwhelming and that the Savior must come from outside. And so that's, the, that's point number one. Christ is wonderful in his birth. As we celebrate Christmas this year, let me encourage us to keep the main point the main point. Christ is wonderful in his birth. Point number two, Christ is wonderful in his wisdom. The Messiah's counsel and plans are marvelous and wonderful. You know, Jesus never needed to seek counsel from anybody. He gave counsel to people. And you know what? He even did it when he was a child, at 12 years old. Do you remember the story? It's found in... Luke chapter 2, let's read it together, beginning in verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom, and when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers. So imagine that. Anybody ever lose their child? (laughs) Maybe you don't have to imagine it. But they lost him. And so they're looking all over for him. And they go back to Jerusalem. And they search everywhere. They went to the mall. They went to the beach. Finally, they went to the church. (laughs) And there he was, talking to the pastors. And so we pick up the story there. He's sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So here was Jesus. He was in the temple with the teachers of religion. He's listening to them. He's asking them questions. They also asked him questions, and at the age of 12, he impressed the elders of his generation. You know, it's one thing to be smart. I mean, every once in a while, you hear about a genius who's 14 years old, and he's going to Harvard, and he's studying physics and astronomy, and you're like, wow, it's just amazing. You know, it's one thing to be smart. It's another thing to have wisdom that you can only learn from life lessons that that have to do with relationships with people and with God. You can't learn that by 12 years old unless there's something special going on here. In ancient Israel, a counselor was portrayed as a wise king, like Solomon, counseling his people. Imagine Solomon. And yet there was Jesus just at 12 years old, impressing the elders of his day with amazing wisdom. Colossians 2.3 says, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know the key word? The key word is all. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so that's point number two. Christ is wonderful in his wisdom. Point number three, Christ is our wonderful counselor. And what that means is this. You can go to him and you can ask him for counsel about your problems. And he can guide you in the right direction. James one, James 1 1.5 says, If you need wisdom, ask God. Ask God who is generous. He will give it to you, and he will not rebuke you for asking. You can go to him. You know, this, this has been my experience for years, and I would say even more so the older I get in the last five years. I've had this, this constant prayer that I often say to the Lord, and that is, God, would you give me knowledge and understanding? Because there are so many circumstances that, to be honest, we don't know what to do. We, we've never been at this point in the journey before. You know, we're just <laughs> trying to figure it out as we go. Amen? Can any of you relate to that? So I'll just share with you an example. When Terry and I were a young couple, uh, we lived in this tiny apartment apartment. I tell you, it was about as big as this part of the stage right here. That was it. And you know, one was the bedroom, the other room was a combination living room, dining room, and kitchen all in one. And uh, if the phone rang and you didn't answer it after the second ring, we weren't home because the place was so small. You just take a couple steps to go, hello? (laughs) Tiny little apartment. We had this little table. We were so close, our toes would touch when we ate dinner. And our very first Christmas, we had no place to put a Christmas tree. I mean, it was tiny, uh, but it was, it was nice because it was right on the beach. It was called Oceanside Apartments. It was down there at the lupang beach, and you could hear the waves lapping up on the water, lapping up on the sand at night with the window open. It was beautiful, but tiny little apartment. And uh, we had no place for a, a Christmas tree, and, but we had this one little dresser, and I found a little tiny silver Christmas tree about this tall, and I put it right up on top of the dresser. And, you know, before God had did some healing, I'd be embarrassed to say this, but I, I salvaged it out of a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's where we were in the early days. You know, we were starting out just trying to make it. <laughs> and we were dreaming, like young couples do, about what life could be, you know, something to graduate from this tiny little apartment. And... Uh, we said, you know what, one day we could build a house. And we started to dream about our savings plan. And, and we had heard that, you know, you probably have to have about 20% down in order to get a mortgage loan. And then you work with the bank and all of this stuff. And we figured, you know, a house and calculating 20%, man, that's about 10 years from now before we could even realistically consider this. So a couple days later, I'm in the house, in the apartment. And uh, the Lord says to me very clearly, you're going to build this house sooner than you think. And I tell you, it was so clear. I instantly shouted out to Terry. I said, hey, Terry, you'll never guess what God just said. She's like, what? He said, we're going to build this house sooner than we think. She said, yeah, right. (laughs) How are we going to do that? I go, I don't know. I have no idea. But you know, we got a word. Let me encourage you. What you need is to get a word. Just get a word and then follow what God is saying. And so just out of faith, we said, okay, well, if God said that, maybe we should take some steps. So we started visiting some banks and getting some information, and we found out, lo and behold, there was a bank that would finance 100% if you had a piece of property that you could put up for collateral. We didn't know that. But you know, God knew. He's our wonderful counselor. He knows everything. All you have to do is ask him. And he will guide you. We had no clue about real estate, about loans, mortgages, banking, all of that stuff. I mean, we were like green, just like brand new. I mean, I was happy just to pay off our school loans. And so we thought, hey, we could apply here. And so we did. And I tell you, less than one year, we had groundbreaking. And the Lord was true to his word. He said, you are going to build this house sooner than you think. Now, like I said, we were young and inexperienced, and we didn't know any better. The interest rate at that time was 10 point something. Now, if you're familiar with mortgages, you know that that's a bad deal. I didn't even know I was signing a bad deal. But, you know, as the years went by and I started learning more little by little, I I started thinking, this is a bad deal. (laughs) I was like, I don't even want to tell people about my mortgage loan. (laughs) You know, it used to be something I was proud of. We built our house. Now I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, we got a loan. <laughs> but um, so I started thinking, you know, Lord, how am I, I going to get out of this? You know, I'd, he- I'd hear about people refinancing, you know, and it's all about timing. You just got to time the market. You know, when is the interest rate low? And, and it's, it's almost like a roll of the dice, you know. When am I going to sign off on that in order to get it at its lowest point? And um, so, you know, I'm, this is in the back of my mind, and I'm praying. And I'm saying, God, I, I don't know about these things. I, I need wisdom. I need guidance. And so um, I noticed that the interest rate was dropping. I kept hearing it in the news. And I'm thinking, Okay, now now's the time. I should do this. <coughs> How am I gonna do this? And I don't even know where to go. Where would be the best banking institution to go to? And right then I said, God, would you give me knowledge and understanding? And I tell you, the Lord can drop it in your lap any way he wants. It can be through a book, through a person, through a TV program, through a radio, through a verse, through a small child who's talking to you. But you're going to hear it and you're going to go, ah, that's the answer. And so I was listening to the radio. There was one of these Christian financial gurus, you know, sharing his wisdom and his knowledge. And he said, you know, when you're dealing with banks, you don't want to do business with a bank that's a national, that's a national bank. If it's a big bank, you just become an account number in the database. What you want is a locally owned bank that's a part of your community because you get a different level of service. I thought, that's it. So I went and found a locally owned community bank here on Guam (coughs) and I applied. And so the lady's working on the application and we're waiting for the answer. And uh, she finally calls us and she says, You're approved. And the interest rate had gotten really low. And she said, I knew that it was going to go up the next day. She said, I stayed up all night last night working on your application so you could sign it at its lowest point in this particular uh, economic situation. I said, man, you just won my heart. I said, you you just won my trust. I said, this is the bank where I want to be. And so God knew all that. I said, God, give me knowledge and understanding, and he can just drop it into your lap just like that. And so here's the point. I want to encourage you that Jesus can be your wonderful counselor. You know, Terry and I, we, we do counseling, and we love helping people, and God has given us some tools from his word. But you can go directly to God, and he can speak to your situation, and he can give you counsel. Amen? Amen. Jesus always knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going through. And he always knows what is the right course of action for you. And you can be sure that he is listening because he has told us to cast our cares on him by praying to him. That's Philippians 4, 6. And you can be certain that he has your best interest at heart because he loves you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Have you come to realize how complicated life can be? There are times when you're faced with difficult situations. How sure are you that you're making the right decision? When you need wisdom... Ask God. Notice I didn't say if you need wisdom, but when you need wisdom, ask God. Jesus Christ is your counselor, and he can direct you in the right way. He will counsel you from within by his spirit, and he will guide you by his written word. And when you apply his word and his guidance and wisdom, you will have a blessed life. Sound good? Would you like a blessed life? Amen. Let's pray. I'd like to invite the worship team to come on up. Father, I thank you. Thank you, God, that you didn't leave us alone, that you're here, that you're with us. Lord, and you desire for us to invite you and be a part of what's going on in our lives. and Father, today, we just want to acknowledge our need for you, that we need your guidance, we need your counsel, and we need your wisdom upon our lives. Father, I pray that you would teach us how to trust in you and to trust in your ways and to take you at your word as we read it and apply it in our lives Father would you give us ears to hear Lord give us eyes to see Lord as we navigate this journey called life Father may we experience you each step of the way